0: Welcome to the Traveling Image Makers podcast, your source of inspiration about travel photography. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride as we bring you on a tour around the world with our guests. Hi, everyone. I'm uh, here with uh, one of the winners of our uh, Uh, January 2018 photo contest uh, at the Travelling Image Makers Corner group on Facebook, where every two months we invite you to submit one of your favorite travel photos, and then we pick a couple of them and we invite the winners uh, on the show to talk about their photography, their travels, and of course the winning picture. So one of the winners for our Latest contest is uh, Fabian Fitzinger, or how do you pronounce it? Fitzinger, Fitzinger. That's, I'm not really sure. That's
1: perfectly right,
0: Fitzinger. So Fabian from Berlin, Germany. Hi, Fabian. How are you doing?
1: Hey, thanks for having me. I'm doing great. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. I'm doing good. And uh, so you're based in uh, in Berlin, and uh, yes. great city. I've been there. We're chatting about this before. Uh, uh, going online. I was there in May. Uh, great city. It's, well, it was my second time there. I hope to be to be back there eventually soon. And, um, so, Fabian, what, what about you? Uh, what's the what, what about your photography? What role does it play in your life? Uh, um, can you tell about how you get started with it? Uh, what, what do you like traveling? What do you like traveling to? What do you like photographing?
1: Yeah, well, uh, I I kind of started quite late, so it's not like uh, my father gave me my first camera when I was uh, 10 years old or something. I started when I was maybe 25, I think, and it went on quite like simultaneously with with the traveling. So I started traveling at around the same age. And yeah, so more and more travel with more and more picture taking and yeah, went on from there so by now i've been to around 50 countries and got my camera always with me and would consider myself kind of an like an ambitious amateur photographer and yeah
0: well definitely your your results speak for themselves especially the the winning picture it's a sorry great photograph Uh, can, can you describe it and tell us where it was taken and under what circumstances?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, it was taken in, in Wadi Rum, which is kind of a quite accessible uh, <laughs> desert in the south of the country of Jordan. And um, you can basically go there and spend some time in uh, one of the desert camps run by Bedouin people. And yeah, it, just it's an awesome photo location because like you have those really red and orange sandstone rocks and um, the red sand and yeah it's it's just a vast and uh, beautiful landscape and we spent a few nights there and on the last morning we headed out like really early at five o'clock or something and went to a to a viewpoint like kind of 30 minutes away from from our desert camp where we stayed and yeah, there I there I took this photo. I was quite lucky because um, the days before we had quite bad weather with a few drops of rain which does not happen too often in Badiram, Rum but yeah, we we were able to witness that and yeah, but this morning we had perfect lighting conditions like the sun was rising at the end of the canyon there was like this really soft orange early morning light hitting the red sandstone and there were some clouds rolling over the landscape and you had this play of shadow and light on the Red Mountains, and yeah, at some point, uh, the friend I was with, she entered, like, the the scene, kind of, and I felt like this really completed um, the shot, because it was adding this, this human element uh, which put some sense of scale in it and, yeah, put this landscape into perspective.
0: Yeah, I like it when uh, you have some human element in the landscape, as you said, it adds a, a sense of scale and... Uh, yeah it's uh it's it's nice to have it otherwise people might not realize how huge those mountains are They're really those very tall pillars i remember being in wadiram oh yeah yeah years ago uh my photography was not probably as (laughs) up uh, (laughs) uh, good enough to be able to really paint that 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 place uh Uh, in in the way it deserves and yeah probably made a mistake in that i was not that much into photography you said you was you were there a few nights we were just there one night and we arrived in the in the middle of the night it was already completely dark okay and i only had the morning with good light and yeah it was nice but no clouds uh, a little bit of haze so i yeah. i don't have any great pictures of of that place like yours so i would definitely love to to go back and maybe spend a few nights there just to hope to get the, the best uh, weather conditions to to get that that kind of light
1: Yeah, well, I think winter is actually quite a good time to go there because we have some clouds in the sky. And um, I think in summer, mostly you really have this crystal clear, super blue sky. So Mm -hmm. this might add a bit of additional interest to the image.
0: And I guess in summer it could be unbearably hot.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so too. Well, (laughs) Well, winter is pretty cold at night though, Mm -hmm. but um, I'm not sure if that's better in summer, but it was around zero when we've been there, Mm -hmm. so... But you get a lot of blankets, so that's no problem.
0: Yeah, I was in. I was there in April, I believe. And uh, the temperature was nice, but the, the sky was completely blue. So yeah, yeah. but it still uh, it still works. I mean, it's an, it's an amazing place. Can, yeah, you, can you give our, our listeners a, a bit more, maybe practical information on how to uh, visit and how to photograph Bodrum? Uh, how do you get there? Do you? just drive there? Do you fly there? the? Uh, how does it work?
1: Well, um, when we were there, which was like December last year, um, Ryanair just opened like new roads to the south of Israel to Eilat. And from there, you can easily cross into into Jordan. Like it's a, it's a border town, you can almost walk to Jordan and from there it's um only um, half an hour to 40 minute drive to Wadi we had a rental car which was not too expensive but there are also buses going there from Amman i believe and also from from Aqaba so yeah it's not it's not too difficult to get there it's quite accessible so that's that's pretty nice and yeah as i said we had a rental car we just drove there and just left it there on a parking lot, and then um, if you decide to stay in the desert, you can uh, book accommodation for one or two nights, and like the the trip into the desert, where you would need a four wheel drive for, is included in the in the price, and then the Bedouin will pick you up and take you to the to the camp.
0: So you don't have uh, hotels or five star resorts in the middle of the desert. They're just. Uh yeah just just those camps How, so
1: yeah
0: how do they work in practice what kind of facilities you find in a camp there
1: well they are kind of basic i believe now they also set up some more luxurious things at least i've seen pictures on on instagram from like kind of bubbles where you've got like luxury beds inside and stuff but most of the camps are pretty basic so you got a we got a tent made out of uh, goat hair, like in a traditional way, and um, there's a shared bathroom with Western-style toilets. That might be important for some people. And um, I believe if there is enough sunshine, you also have hot showers. But um, when we were there, as I said, like there was not too much sun, so the showers were cold. But yeah. Well, um, food is included in the price normally, like dinner and breakfast. You can also ask for a lunch pack, and um, it's delicious. I have to say it's delicious, and I cannot recommend enough spending at least two nights there. Maybe even three or four if you got the time. That's that's definitely worth it.
0: How how big is the area? Do you know?
1: Ah, uh, I got no idea, but we. Mm-hmm one day we um booked an 8 hour jeep tour and that was like in 8 hours you can you can see a lot of that area at least of the really accessible uh, accessible area so um yeah if 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 you book this tour you've seen quite a bit of Wadi Rum and um
0: in ter- in terms of photography subjects it's all uh, desert landscape uh, or you can, not, there are any other subjects that might be interesting to photograph there?
1: Yeah, well, I think it's about the, the desert as like the the main subject, obviously. But um, of course, you can also see like we're doing people riding on their camels. Um, you've got yeah. two or three uh, springs, freshwater springs in, up in the mountains you can visit. Um, there are interesting rock formations all over the place. And um, like those like those sandstone bridges that were created, I believe by like water at some point, um, flushing away the, the soft rock. So yeah, those places are, are quite nice to visit. But, um, the main, the main thing is is the desert and obviously the night sky. I mean, I've seldomly seen so many stars at night, like in body run because you don't have any light pollution and, yeah, you can you can spend almost 24 hours photographing.
0: yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, when I was there I, I don't remember photographing the night sky. Probably I didn't have the the right equipment or the right uh, skills at the time yeah. to <laughs> I mean uh, night sky photography requires uh, usually a uh, uh, wide angle lens with a good fast aperture good yeah. tripod and 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 knowing what you do i mean it's uh, so i don't have uh, again yeah. <laughs> due to my lack of skills i don't have any good night photos i'm seeing uh here one of yours well it's uh, on your website it's actually pretty yeah. amazing density of stars in the sky so uh, yeah yeah got to be got to be great the only thing that you' you don't get in winter is the, the galactic center of the milky way right because that's, that's uh, not, cool. not visible yeah uh, in the northern hemisphere uh, in the winter but still uh great great uh, skies with lots of stars and as you said very very little light pollution yeah of course yeah. Um did you also go to other places uh, nearby when you were in Jordan, like Petra? I know well I've I've been there myself. We went the day yeah. we left Wadiram we went to Petra.
1: Yeah. Um yeah we we've been we've we spent actually about two weeks in, in Jordan and um since we had a rental car we traveled all over the place like all the way um up almost to the Iraqi border um, to visit the desert castles and uh, all the way up to Amman. And I, I can definitely recommend uh, the Dead Sea as well, especially if you are into photography. It's it's like from another planet, mm-hmm. you can say. And obviously Petra, that was um, the thing why we came there in the first place to see this wonder of the world. And this is as well a great subject to photograph, of course.
0: How is the country overall in terms of uh, what you uh, expect to find there? In terms of uh, infrastructure, is it easy to to go around? Is it safe? Do people speak English?
1: Yeah, well, um, I I can't recommend going to Jordan enough. It got, it got everything you you can ask for uh, as a traveler, like the infrastructure is is yeah it's it might not be as it is in Germany, but it's perfectly fine um, you don't have like meter deep potholes on the roads or something, so that was there was no problem at all. People are incredibly friendly food is good and um i I felt perfectly safe there I mean at the moment, I've seen like you should try to avoid um going close to the Syrian border of course and also to the Iraqi border as well but Besides that, um, I felt I felt perfectly safe. So
0: yeah. no problems at all. <clears throat> yeah, I think it's important to to underline this fact. It's uh, sometimes people don't don't realize, and it's uh, uh, that various Middle Eastern countries have varying levels of of security and safety. And yeah, a place like Jordan, I find it it's perfectly fine. I haven't heard about anything bad happening there in many years. So
1: yeah. Yeah, I think it's a bit like like Oman where you it's also in kind of a weird neighborhood if you want to say so, but I've been to Oman last year and it's also perfectly I I felt I felt super safe there. So, I guess you've been there as well and
0: yep. maybe you Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Can absolutely recommend both Oman and Jordan. Yeah. Uh, they're great places to go and and the people are friendly. Yeah. There's no no problem there at all. So any other trips you have coming up soon?
1: Well, I I will be in uh, Italy in the middle of April uh, to visit Cinque Terre and uh, Tuscany and Florence for, I think, a bit more than a week. And afterwards, I will head on to Wales and spend some time hiking and uh, trekking in Snowdonia National Park, which I'm really looking forward to. And yeah, those are the, the next trips coming up.
0: And yeah, really looking forward to that. <clears throat> yeah, well, I'm look, really looking forward to seeing your pictures, and I know you will be sharing them with our with our group on Facebook. And uh,
2: yeah,
0: uh, for the listeners that don't know about the, the group yet, uh, you can easily find it. It's called the Traveling Image Makers Corner, so you can search for it on Facebook. But it's uh, it's even easier to go to uh, ttim dot photo slash Facebook. It will. Uh, bring you straight there and uh, we just opened well by the time this episode goes live it's uh, it will have been uh, more than a week but we just opened our contest for the month of march 2018 Uh, so i invite everyone that is listening to to submit a photo you just need to join the group it's completely free it's a friendly environment and a friendly contest Uh, it's just uh, the only requirement is that you add one travel photo to the album that you can find pinned to the top of the of the group's page and you can the, the price is just uh, like like Fabian here to be invited on the show and, and talk about your photography and your travels in a in a very friendly and relaxed way um um so Fabian thanks for uh, uh, being with us today and talking with us about your experience in Jordan. Um, I know you have a, a great website with lots of, not, not just photos, uh, it's one of those websites where you actually provide useful information to, to travelers and photographers who want to visit the places that you have, you have visited. Do you want to um, say the name of your website and uh, the address?
1: Yeah, sure. First, Thanks a lot for having me, of course. It was a pleasure. And, um, yeah, if you want to find out more about my work, like it's, you can find me on travelpixels.com, which is T-R-A-B-E-L-P-I-X-E-L-Z, not with an S in the end. And, yeah, there I'm sharing, like, I, I try to share information which could be useful for other people who want to travel to the same places and maybe – don't want to really break the bank and are not looking for five-star hotels, but more for like a bit of budget travel and who are also interested in photography. And you can find me on Instagram also if you're looking for travel pixels as well as on Facebook.
0: We'll put a link to your website uh, in the show notes that people can find at ttim.photo forward slash 116. And with that, that's really all. I just want to uh, remind everyone that is uh, the best way to uh, be grateful for all the episodes that we put out is to share them with your friends and followers, uh, either our website at ttim.photo or like our Facebook page, the Traveling Image Makers, and also uh, please leave us a review on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, as you want to call it. Uh, again, you can go there by going to ttim.photo slash iTunes. Okay, thanks for listening. And until next time, all the best and take care.
3: Hi, everyone. This is Ralph Velasco with another episode of the Traveling Image Makers podcast. And in this episode, Ugo and I are talking to two of our people that entered our photo contest and i've chosen a wonderful image by kevin wenning kevin welcome to the show
2: thank you for having me ralph
3: you're welcome you're welcome and uh this image that i chose as this this uh, period's winner is an image that you made at Tinmel mosque in morocco and if i could just uh well, before we get into that, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your photography, if you would?
2: Okay. Uh, so the the image that I shared here was from uh, some travels to Morocco, and I shot this on a, a tour where uh, I'm actually scouting to take some folks on a on a trip at the end of uh, end of 2018. Uh, and this is uh, n- not a new chapter for me, but. Uh, departure from how i started in photography and uh, the last few years i've been really exploring travel photography uh and learning my way as i go just uh, you know of course shooting with natural light and in the real world is different than shooting in a studio so uh the, the these images from morocco represent kind of you know where i'm going this year and as a as a photographer we all evolve and change as we as we grow right uh but this is uh Sort of, I'm I'm in a phase, I guess, where I'm doing a lot of uh, trying to get good coverage when I go to a new place, where it's all about the people and the architecture and the food, and trying to tell a story. So I come home with with images that kind of uh, where I can fill in all of the gaps and tell somebody all about the place when I go there. Uh, so Are that's you, kind of what I'm working on right now with my photography.
3: Wonderful. Now, did you start out as a studio photographer, a different type of photographer? Because I'm always talking about travel photographers. You know, coming back with a well-rounded set of images to tell the story of the place, were you uh, into a different genre?
2: Well, I started in a small company where they asked me to pick up for a, a company that had been doing all of our media shooting. They did all of the product and stuff for our website and uh, different kinds of ad campaigns. And the company that was doing that for the, the company I worked for at the time, they went out of business. And the owner came to me and said, can you figure this out? Go buy a camera. Go buy lights. We've got to have something done in three weeks. So I scrambled around and and I didn't know what I was doing at the time. That was about eight years ago now. Uh, and I did that for a few years and then uh, started to just transition towards what I call interesting photography because uh, when you're when you're shooting product, what I always complained with the the owner about, I said, so you want this picture to be obvious, not interesting. He goes, yeah. I just need people to know exactly what it looks like. So when they buy it, they're not surprised. Okay. Well, that's totally different than travel photography, right? That's uh, anyway. I don't want to go down that road, but yeah. So I, I just decided I'm going to do this because it, it interests me. And when I travel, I I'm see all of these things that are so beautiful and so exciting. Uh, just taking a picture that, like, if I were on the outside of this mosque, I would just show. Here's what it looks like, and I call it I call it photography. It's you know I take out my cell phone and I take a snapshot of of the place. Uh, I decided. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to try and show interesting images and learn. Uh, I guess once I got out of the studio, I, I learned all about composition and color theory and just things that you never even touch on when you're shooting in a studio, right? Uh, so the world of, yeah, the world of travel photography, uh, night and day difference from shooting in a studio for sure.
3: Yeah. And so uh, how did you learn those things? Uh, do, were you Is it a lot of different ways? Were you taking courses tours what you know learning about travel photography
2: Uh, trial and error uh with travel photography i guess for a couple years i I went by myself and you know I, i would watch somebody's youtube video before i went and i would try and practice these things as i as i went and uh I would say in 2016, early 2016, I went with a group called The Giving Lens. Uh, Colby Brown leads that. You guys probably know him. Uh, and I was fortunate, very fortunate on that trip. He also had, along with him, Brian Matias and Michael Bonacore, which uh, all three of those names, when I saw the itinerary, I it was like, I know all of these guys. I love all of their photography. I'm, I'm going. And I was fortunate <laughs> enough to get to go on that trip and uh, really learned a lot. Just in Where terms was that of, to? uh That was to Cuba. Okay. On that trip, uh, first time they they'd ever gone to Cuba. And what was really cool about that is, you know, giving lens trips. They're they're doing philanthropy, so we help a an in in country NGO. But I was really surprised that all all of the photographers, all the pro- professional photographers on the trip, were very uh, very giving with their knowledge, uh, very willing to help out. You know, they weren't conducting a workshop. I wasn't paying them for a workshop, but of course, you know, they wanted to help us as photographers improve as well. Uh, so that really helped me to make a big leap and then uh, one other name I don't know if uh, if you guys know him on this podcast Adam Morelli uh, I' don't. conducts uh, he conducts workshops and he's a fantastic photographer uh, he does he's done a series on uh, basically composition and that's something that at least for me was seriously lacking and I see a lot of photographers you know that are mostly interested in, uh, you know, I'm going to shoot the iconic spot or I'm going to shoot the, you know, whatever's trending right now. And, and you come home with all these trendy photos of, you know, exactly what everybody else is shooting. And I was interested in learning how do I actually compose a, a, a proper image with lines and geometry and colors and lights and darks and shadows. And, and Adam Morelli was the first photographer I really came across who uh, just the way he explained it really clicked with me. I was like, aha, now these are some things, these are tools I can go practice when I'm traveling. So, those were, I guess, two instances and, and people that really influenced me.
3: Great. That sounds wonderful. Well, let's uh, talk about this image that I briefly mentioned earlier. And uh, it's an image that you made at the Tinmel Mosque. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Uh, yes. As far as I understand, it's called Tinmel. Okay, T-I-N-M-E-L. It's a mosque in uh, southern Morocco. You said it's uh, south of Marrakech. And for those of you who aren't looking at the image, and we'll put it in the show notes of the episode for sure, but uh, it's just a a beautiful, wonderful black and white image that Kevin's made of a man. Looks like he's wearing uh, the traditional jalaba, and as if he's entering... The inner building, but he's surrounded by these wonderful arches, and you're uh, and some great natural light. Tell us uh, how this image came about, and you were telling me earlier that you were really attracted to the natural light of it as well.
2: Yeah, on entering the building, it really it really struck me. I just I literally walked into the building. and went, wow, this is this is amazing. I really want to bring other travelers back here. I. Uh, Because you you wouldn't know what it looks like from the outside when you walk in. Uh, The the roof is missing on the building. And it's a a site that's being restored. And it's on the list to become a UNESCO Heritage Site. Uh, So they've got kind of scattered around the edges of the building. They've got the different roof tiles and beams and everything sitting on the floor ready to be – for the roof to be put back up. But right now, the roof is completely off. So especially midday, there's all this light pouring into the building and just – as you walk around, the whole thing, uh, has those pillars throughout it. So tons of interesting compositions, all of those archways, of course, uh, they've, they've been restored for the most part. So you've got all of that beautiful scroll work on the archways, uh, throughout the building. And then the, the man in the image here, he was my, my guide, uh, through Morocco. So he, he drove me every day. He introduced me to people in the villages that we went to, uh, told me interesting places that we should go visit in order to, to scout this tour. And, uh, he was very willing for me to take his photo. And if you're familiar with, you know, shooting in Morocco and especially any, uh, any Muslim countries, it's, and, and, in general, when you're doing travel photography, it's always proper, of course, to ask somebody's permission before you take their photo. And uh, and in, in Morocco, in particular, people don't like to have their photo taken. They don't want their face in photos. Uh, so he was very willing, and he in the way who who wanted to be in photos. Uh, so he he walked around the mosque, and I just kind of took images as we went. And this one particular place, I asked him to stop. And, and look at that, uh, the mural that's on the wall there to the left. And I just kind of walked around for about five minutes taking different compositions. This is the one that I like the best.
3: Right. And so you've got this single person, this man, and I love the very soft shadows. Probably, it probably looks like it was probably a maybe a cloudy day because the light's fairly even, but you still got these uh, very soft shadows. And uh, he's standing there. Looking uh, to the f- left side of the frame, uh, uh, what did you say he's looking at? Mural. There's a,
2: there's an altar there. So altar, this okay. is a mosque, and this okay. is where they would conduct you know, the imam would conduct uh, the ceremonies. Uh, he's standing and looking at that at that altar.
3: Gotcha. Yeah, and so he's against a nice clear background, and he just provides that wonderful sense of scale, uh, what I call a human touch. Uh, this image on it on its own would be nice with uh, with the arches and in black and white like this. Uh, but I don't know if I would have selected it without that person there. And uh, I call that the human touch. And so it just kind of takes the viewer and puts them in the image. And you know, what's that guy doing there? How would he get there? I wish I was there. And gives that sense of scale and somewhere for the viewer's eye to kind of. Land as they bounce around the image. Would you agree? Uh,
2: absolutely. And the the last two years leading up to this this tour, I I did not, or I tried specifically to leave people out of my photos and uh, you know get just the landscape or just the building with nobody in it. And if, you're absolutely right. The the person there gives that human element that that people can see themselves there, or you get a sense of you know. The realism of the place and the size of the place, of course, is important, and and that's why I've, I've been focusing a lot more uh, on getting people in my photos, but not myself. I, I don't like taking uh, selfie photos, and I know that's kind of a popular trend right now, but it's more important to me to show the people uh, because they're, they're what the place is all about. I mean, I can take a p- picture of a building anywhere, but it's the people interacting with their environment that really, to me, tells more of the story.
3: Yeah, and uh, um, in episode 114 of uh, The Traveling Image Makers, Ugo and I did a, a, a an episode where we were talking about how to capture great travel photographs. And one of my tips is, I call it the power of one, and that's having that one person in the shot. And oftentimes on, on my tours, I see my my tour participants waiting for that person to move out of the shot kind of like you were, you are saying that you used to do. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't usually care for a tourist in my shot. Uh, you know, someone that is, seems out of place, but sometimes that could be a part of the story and you, you want to show that contrast of this, uh, you know, this horribly dressed tourist in this beautiful (laughs) spot that that's another story. Uh, but then when you've got this man dressed in the traditional Jalaba and he's a local uh, just really, it, and, and, in black and white, like this really timeless. I mean, this sh- image could have been made a hundred years ago and you'd never know. Really nice. Although, is he wearing tennis shoes? He's <laughs> <laughs>
2: got some, yeah, some modern loafers on. Yeah, no,
3: I'm kidding, I didn't but...
2: shoot this one you know, with the purpose of it being black and white. I, I didn't mm-hmm. see it that way when I, when I clicked the frame, mm-hmm. but, uh, and I like color. I, I edit most of my photos in color. So I try and you know, drag the sliders and see what I can do with the colors. And then when the colors just aren't playing nice, then I immediately go, ha, this makes sense as a black and white. Uh, and that's just another you know, Adam Morelli trick that I kind of picked up from his stuff. Uh, always see what it looks like in black and white. And now I, I, I'm starting to look for those black and white frames that just, just make sense before I even shoot the photo. So just one of those evolutions as a photographer thing.
3: Yeah, and I have not been to this particular mosque. I do uh, tours to Morocco as well, but uh, I've not been to this one. But I can imagine that the stonework and, and the bricks and the flooring and everything were probably fairly similar tones of, uh, you know, whatever color they are. And then that's when I imagine the shot in black and white. Or I can look at a scene and say, this will make a nice black and white. There's great contrast. Ah, uh, there's a similar color palette, but then there's other times when you could have an amazing color shot that's got all different kinds of colors, and it will still make a wonderful black and white. Right. Great. And uh, so, what? Ah, uh, what other parts of Morocco did you go to on this trip?
2: All over. Uh, in fact, I probably went to too many places in too short a short of a time. Uh, well, that's spent two the weeks definition in... of
3: a scouting trip.
2: <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But, uh, <laughs> you know, you always, when you leave, you're like, where did I go? What else? What just happened to me? Uh, <laughs> and so I went to Chefshon, Fez, Volabilis, uh, of course, Zagora to the Chebbi Dunes in the desert. Uh, then we drove across the south, went to uh, Terradant, Golmim, uh, Sidi Ifni up the coast, uh, which I run I run bike tours for photographers. And that was part of, I really wanted to see the coast there because that's supposedly one of the best places to ride. And uh, there's a there's a UCI cycling tour that goes in Morocco and they go over, of course, uh, Tizian Tishka, Tizian Test Pass, you know, two of the big mountain passes there. So I wanted to view all of these roads, uh, see what kind of road conditions there were. But uh, I would say that the highlights for me, there were a lot of actually really great uh, photo opportunities all over the place. I mean, a beautiful country. Uh, and uh, one place that not too many people get to, I think, is the, I guess you would say it's the south of Morocco. Uh, in the east, Gomem, there's something called an Emtodi, which is a big uh, big castle up on a hill where they stored all of their you know, precious things. And it's it's pretty much preserved just exactly as is. Just a beautiful spot that I would not have known to if I hadn't gone with, you know, somebody that's native to the place and and when I when I landed uh, in Morocco, I kind of had I had a shot list. I knew sort of the places I wanted to visit, but I had two or three days that were very flexible. And I said, you know, we're going to drive from here to here. What should I see in between these spots? And this uh, this friend of mine that drove me around he he was fantastic. And to me, that's that's invaluable. Whether you're you know scouting a trip or just just visiting a place, I always got to talk to somebody that lives there because they're going to point out you know, gems that you would never find on a trip advisor review or on somebody else's blog. It just, you got to talk to the people that live there.
3: Yeah, I I agree. And it's, uh, you know, these are people that can get you into their home or friends' homes or their contacts or in places of businesses that you would never even know about or even think about uh, asking them to show you. But uh, that, that I, I think it's really important when I do a scouting trip, I try to let the, the local, guide know exactly what i'm looking for and then you know they'll think about it a little bit and they'll say you know even if it's during the trip they'll say oh you know what you said that you wanted to you know see people at work i know this guy that uh, you know hammers out silver over here would you like to check that out i was like absolutely <laughs> let's go have some tea uh, that's but great i want to ask you a bunch
2: of questions but i know I'll interview you later. I'll come to kind of one of your shows and
3: interview you. (laughs) Okay. I mean, if you have a couple of quick questions right now, I'm glad to answer.
2: So what's your favorite place in Morocco? I didn't know you ran tours there.
3: Oh, yeah. I've been doing tours for the past five or six years. Uh, Chef Chauin is probably uh, my favorite town, Uh, the blue city in the north of the country. Uh, You said that you'd been there. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's changing a bit. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Seeing, yeah, seeing a lot more people selling, you know, souvenirs and things like that, that, uh, yeah. you know, uh, that can kind of, they, they tend to take over some of these wonderful, iconic shots that we all have seen. And then, you know, I don't know about nine or 10 o'clock, someone will just lay out all kinds of souvenirs and to me kind of ruin that shot uh, at least from my perspective, and uh, so that's why I'm real big about getting out early, get right. in front of the tourist crowds, in front of the the people you know that are selling souvenirs and things like that, and uh, a lot you know usually cooler during the morning in warm places, so yeah, Chef Shaolin, and then I think a very underrated city in Morocco is Casablanca, and it tends hmm. to be a place that people just fly in and out of, and we used to. But I think that the Medina there in Casablanca is one of the best, and the people are very open to being photographed. Uh, wow. There's this, I, I think, misconception that the people in Morocco don't like to be photographed. And uh, there are some that don't, and there are certain regions that are less than others. But I think that uh, um, me and my groups have gotten some wonderful shots of people, and it's sure. men or women. So it's not just a man thing, you know, that the men are open to it and the women aren't, which, you know, right. can be in some places. But, uh, yeah. That's so a great
2: point. That In the more more trafficked cities, uh, they're used to tourists and they're more comfortable with it. Whereas in the south of the country, you pull out a camera and they, they know what it is, but they, they're not comfortable with it. So it's, it, yeah, just a difference well, of attitude about it.
3: Well, uh, and it's not necessarily that in this case, uh, because Casablanca that Medina is not very touristed. So it's, I don't think it's about that. And I think Marrakesh is very touristed and we've had more trouble in Marrakesh photographing people Hmm. where they're, uh, you know, very much kind of no, and they'll see you from across the market, trying to zoom in and, uh, (laughs) you know, they'll, they'll wave their hand at you or, or or worse sometimes, but uh, Casablanca is not a very touristed city as much as people tend to fly in and out of that major airport. uh, So that Medina, you don't see too many tourists at all. At least not the parts that I go to. Yeah. So I would recommend that. Um, Yeah. Anything else for me about that or anything else?
2: Uh, Well, just regarding the, regarding the photo here, you said you, you picked it out of the submissions. Uh, I'm curious, you know, what would you do to improve this? How would you strengthen this photo?
3: Oh, that's a good question. Um, I don't know that I would do a whole lot to it. I think it's uh, wonderfully composed. Um, Let's see. I I like the way you're using that rule of thirds with the man on that bottom left sort of point where two of those, the horizontal and vertical lines would meet in that tic-tac-toe board that we, you know, that we imagine when we think about the rule of thirds. So he's on that right. bottom left corner where those two lines meet. Uh, you've got very straight lines up and down. So uh, sometimes so you're shooting straight at this scene instead of if you start to shoot up a little bit, then those lines will start to converge at the top. But you've got nice straight lines um, on the uh, you know, vertical lines on the left and right and throughout the image. Uh, I like the way the man is against a clear part of the background. Did you do anything to that background or is that how it was shot?
2: Mm, Yeah, no, I didn't do anything there. It's the only real effect I put on uh, in post was a a vignette around the outside, uh, especially that post on the bottom right, because there was some light coming in from there. So I darkened that corner with the vignette because uh, I thought that drew, drew the eye out of the picture.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I can see the vignette, but it's subtle and it works. I like it a lot. Uh, there are, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, if you can see it as well, but at least here on, well, I'm looking at it on Facebook in the, in the Traveling Image Makers group, but in the bottom right-hand corner, uh, I see a little bright spot. I don't know if that's in the image or if it's on my screen or what. Do you see that along the bottom of the frame, just under that, first much more lit up, um, column.
2: There's, yeah, there's one little bright spot on the, on the floor there. Yeah.
3: Yeah. I'd probably pop that out. It's right on the, uh, the edge of the frame. Just pop mm, that out. Yep. Cause my eye wants to go to that or I wants okay. to go to bright things. And, you know, first it's the man and that background, but then I come back to that little tiny dot there that you could just pop that out very quickly. And, uh, or even, crop good above touch, it yeah. just a hair but that's uh, just a very minor minor detail thank you but uh yeah i don't know what i would do to improve this uh i think it's a wonderful shot and that's why i chose it and there was a lot of really good submissions this period so congratulations
2: no still well, thank you very much
3: yeah all right so anything else kevin uh, anything else you want to tell us about or anything you got coming up that you want our listeners to know about where can people find out more about you, connect with you online?
2: Oh, so many questions. But, yeah, well, <laughs> I know I know we're time constrained. So, uh, yeah, my, my primary website is called intentionallylost.com. And it needs some work. But right now it's primarily focused on uh, talking about the bike tours that I'm working on. And that's kind of a new thing. Uh, Andy Yee is uh, another photographer that's running those with me. Uh, we've got one planned coming up in Morocco that's going to run in October of 2018. Uh, Andy is right now in Japan running his own photography workshop. So I uh, was fortunate to partner up with another uh, another excellent photographer who's also a cyclist. And uh, that's kind of the point of these. We're running uh, photography tours for, for cyclists. And uh, the whole impetus behind that was I, I've done some photo workshops where you, you, know, you go out and shoot in the morning and the evening when there's great light, but the whole middle of the day, Nobody's doing anything, or you're, you know, you might go out to some some various indoor scenes to shoot, but either you're either you're not shooting midday, or you're traveling to the next location midday. Well, if I'm traveling to the next location, I don't want to be on my bike. I don't want to be sitting in a tour bus. So, so that's kind of how the idea came about. Uh, so anyway, that's what we're working on. And uh, yeah, if you go to go to the main website, the intentionally com. there's you know, links there to my Instagram and I do some sharing on Google plus and some Facebook as well. So all of the social links are there.
3: So it's called intentionally com. Yes, sir. That's okay. right. So we'll, we'll put a link in the show notes, but I just want to make sure that I got that right. Okay. Well, thanks very much for coming out. Good luck with your Morocco trip and uh, appreciate your time. And Again, congratulations on the uh, the one of the winning images this period, Kevin.
2: Thank you very much, Ralph. I appreciate it so much. Take care. You well.